0: I'm Charlotte. And I'm Ellen. And today we're bringing you a bit of an impromptu, a non-pol, just a going with the flow type of episode. And look at us, two weeks out from the last one, on schedule. I mean, I told you we'd get our act together and you are turning. Change (laughs) is coming. (laughs) Revolution. Okay, right, right, right. right, Okay, so today we're going to be talking about victim blaming, predatory behaviour, the general culture around reporting, things like that. So we're going to try not to make this episode too personal to us, we're going to try and talk a bit more generally, but probably wouldn't take a genius to read the fine lines of what we're saying.
1: Now I think we'd like to think um, that we're beyond, we're, we're, we're in our liberal woke age, and we're beyond victim shaming and blaming, and we're all for, oh my god, yes, report, report, because that is the right thing to do, and everyone will support you, but I think the reality is slightly different, even in our generation.
0: Yeah, completely, and I think... And this is the kind of thing where I don't think you should be holding genders to different accounts, but at the same time, in my experience, I've sort of expected boys to react negatively, but then when girls or supposed feminists like react negatively to someone coming forwards or explaining that something's been hard for them, when they go on and belittle your arguably very feminine experience, it's almost shocking and you wouldn't you don't want to expect it from the girls, or the people around you that should know better or should have a foundation of empathy that the men arguably don't. I feel like I'm being a bit vague here, so let's actually try and jump into why is victim blaming an issue that affects girls differently to anyone else.
1: Um I mean would you say that victim blaming affects boys and girls differently.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely would. I think when I think that when you're a girl, there's inherently that power dynamic mm. that can be played upon. I mean, any case of violation is often like the exacerbation of a power dynamic. Mm. But when you're a girl, you or, or someone who is a f- perceived to be a girl, you already have that foundation where that can be exploited. So I think it adds a whole other depth to um, exploitation. And that isn't to say that only girls can be manipulated or abused or anything like that absolutely not that's a dangerous narrative but i think it is an inherently sort of it can be inherently feminine at times in the way that it interacts with things like patriarchy
1: i would also argue that the way that obviously i can't speak on it personally but the boys victim blaming tends to be more it's more of oh you should have enjoyed it well didn't why why are you complaining whereas girls tend to be more like okay well you were the one who was bringing it on like whereas the boys seems in general seems to be more like oh, you should have liked it, like, why are you complaining? Like, that was great, you're so lucky. Yeah. Whereas I think there might even be a bit more recognition with the girls that it wasn't lucky, it wasn't a good thing, but mm. you were the one sparing on, so really it's your fault.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're so right. People are like victimized in different ways. Mm. The boys are told to just chin up and sort of take accountability for what they should have enjoyed or yeah. been a part active party in any way. And girls are shamed as in, why didn't you shut it down? You should have known better. Yeah, yeah. You should have known that as a woman, you're inherently at risk. So why did you let yourself get into yeah, that situation? Yeah. I think, yeah, fair enough. Different types of victims. Why do you think people victim blame?
1: I think people victim blame I think obviously it is from it's it varies so much from situation to situation I think specifically in a situation where the person who has been like reported or like the one who's done the crime is sort of like either you like they have a connection to them or like it's disadvantageous for them to obviously be in that position I would say victim blaming probably comes into play a little bit more there where you're like oh like why were you doing that like now you've ruined that person's life like oh my god that poor person when you didn't ruin their life it was their actions that ruined their life if their life even gets ruined well, let's be real it usually is that's
0: the thing it's like i know we said this in a previous episode but it was in the not all men one but when you have to go through or maybe no it's rape culture Mm. when you have to go through the stages of let's say worst case of violation you've been you've been sexually assaulted, you have to go through filing a rape kit, you have to report to the police, Uh, you have to do this and that, and you have to present a case, and then your rapist might not even be prosecuted. The chances of you following through that incredibly violating process to the end to see a fruitful outcome are so low, because the chances of you even initiating that process in the first place are low anyway, because there is this inherent stigma around being a victim, I also think it's very hard to admit to yourself that you are a victim in whatever capacity you are mm-hmm, a victim. Yeah. And I also think whilst it's amazing that we are starting to see some degree of a shift towards um recognizing the like extremities of sexual violence yeah. and really obscene horrible crimes some people can think oh well I wasn't violently raped so my so my experience isn't as of- valid. Isn't as valid my case of exploitation where i was verbally harassed for years that doesn't matter but it does matter rape shouldn't be the benchmark for what's acceptable and what isn't what kind of a world is that fucked up that rape is your benchmark it's it's terrifying
1: so what is it that makes people not obviously there is all the societal messaging going on that like oh it's not a big deal it's not a big deal but why how are we going to get out of that attitude
0: again without giving too much away if I speak from personal experience I think there was a big sense of embarrassment Mm -hmm. just sort of feeling like I can't believe, oh, you know, I'm a clever girl, yeah. I'm really smart, I, I know what I would tell my friends in this situation, yeah. so why didn't I see the signs, or why didn't I recognise that this wasn't okay? And I think also, if you are, in, because so sometimes you instantly know, oh my god, that was terrible, I don't mm-hmm. know where to go, it's that stress and that lack of like knowing where to go is is, is, is its own separate issue. But when you're looking at something with hindsight, you're like, oh, it's been and gone. Like, mm. what do I do now? What do I
1: do Is it too late to say something? Yeah. It's not. Never, ever. It's never too late. Trust,
0: just trust me. It's never too late to say anything. And you, you'll be doing yourself a massive... You'll be doing future you. You'll be doing past you, who deserves better. A and future favour. you. Present you, who needs to get that peace of mind. And future yeah. you, who's going to look back at look back and think oh why didn't i say anything mm-hmm. and i mean there's no again there is no shame if you have been violated and you haven't spoken out or tried to get some form of justice because you know sometimes maybe maybe that's just not possible yeah maybe you've moved country and you don't have any contact anymore but i would say any sort of exercise in closure is a good route to start in um even if it's just acknowledging that actually no that wasn't okay yeah
1: and you are a victim and that you
0: are a victim that is the hardest part you cannot, but that's the thing, that's the But that the is a step, step to closure in yeah. itself, isn't it? Yeah, you can't expect any form of moving on until you acknowledge that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh, I think that's so underrated in terms of how hard that
1: actually is. Because you couldn't go through and like, push it to the back of your mind and suppress it and be like, oh, it wasn't an issue, it wasn't an issue. But the, you, the fact you have to look back on that and say, oh, that was wrong. That happened to me. I was a victim in that situation is, yeah, like you said, arguably one of the harder parts
0: yeah and again being a victim is never a reflection on you Mm. like that's what's the hardest thing to get through your head oh i should have seen the signs i probably enabled it enabling that's enabling i don't (laughs) believe in if it's abuse it's abuse um it's just anyone who violates you has violated you because of their character or their circumstances or something to do with them Mm -hmm. that can never ever ever be a reflection on you and to be very clear when i say violation i don't just mean physically i mean emotionally i mean in terms of a boundary that's been ignored Mm. i mean anything and obviously this all occurs on a spectrum to differing degrees and the the reaction or the intensity of your emotion will vary depending on what's happened to you but you're not crazy for being upset over harassment instead of assault you're not
1: crazy I would also just say that um, crossing boundaries, especially in a power dynamic that isn't equal, is not your responsibility to enforce, it is the person in a higher position of power to.
0: Just to let you know, guys, we're actually currently recording this episode in, in a music storage room. <laughs> but it's we not a found...
1: storage room, don't say that, sounds like we're in the, lo- in the locker room. We're not room? in the
0: locker room, that's different to the storage room, there's just a bunch of amps that we're balancing our laptop on, and we found a microphone stand. It's so... awesome we just anything to avoid the mic quality of last week which we do apologize for we're really sorry the thing is that episode was too good to not release but the sound quality just wasn't it the problem was there was this massive like whirring background noise like
1: there was some there was some mechanics and if i had
0: if i got if i cut that out i had to like compromise the crispness of our vocals so hopefully we're really crisp today
1: In fact, a bit of ASMR just. just no, to make put, sure. put the
0: apple away. Put it away. You don't understand what I have to deal with when I edit this podcast. <laughs> I, there's about five minutes of chewing, and if you know me, there's nothing that I actually find more so like sorry. like actually painful than the sound of people eating.
1: And now that school's over, hopefully we should be getting some really good quality episodes out for you. So I'm very yeah, very excited. Definitely. Definitely. Um, back to the conversation. Yep. Um, and I would just say that. If you know anyone that has, is, is thinking about reporting something that maybe they don't think is, is a big enough issue to report or they in their own minds don't think it's valid, um, I would just ask you to reassure them and to make them realize, obviously don't, sh- don't be like, you're a victim, you're a victim. That's not quite yeah. the approach I would take. No. Um, but just maybe highlight, oh, well, if this is happening to your sister or this is happening to me, what would you Absolutely. say to me? Um, try and flip it around because I know we're all very rational people, but sometimes it's hard to see from when you're stuck in on the inside.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, it can be quite like... All-consuming. Yeah, Yeah. all-consuming. You're just sort of blind to it, yeah. That's the way that a good, to whatever capacity they may be, I use the term very loosely, but for argument's sake, that's what an abuser does. That's the whole point, is that they, to a degree, they want you to be reliant on them, whether it be their validation, their attention, their, I don't know, the opposite, their condemnation, whatever it is there is always a degree of that and you you might not even realize it until you take a step back and you think actually why was i going out of my way to to, want impress, to be around yeah. them or impress them or appease mm-hmm. them or think about how they were perceiving me
1: i would just say that i would have a look at the relationships in your life are you overly reliant on someone are you is it if we're looking at what a healthy relationship looks like between people but between people in a higher position of power to you assess that critically and think if this was someone else that I cared about would would that situation make sense would it be appropriate
0: yeah completely just
1: think about if this was your friend or your sister or whatever as you said like, I think we're not very uh we don't really care about ourselves enough to mm. apply it in the same it's way
0: it's sad because you should be like oh this is making me feel what well. and benefit of the doubt compare how you feel with your friends to how you feel with said person. If you don't feel uncomfortable going around day-to-day life with your friends, you're not thinking about the way your friends are looking at you, mm-hmm. or you feel their eyes in your back or whatever, or you're nervous about what you said, just just try and apply it. I kind of feel like victim-blaming is a culture that's most prevalent in institutions like, I don't know, workplaces, universities, schools, or kind of large bodies of people where there are a lot of social dynamics at play. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that would inadvertently have an opinion or be affected to a degree by allegations to whatever degree they might be. I mean, what are your opinions on victim-blaming? I mean, we can talk from the perspective of school, so what's your opinion on victim-blaming in a school context?
1: There is a bit of a hive mentality in that if an allegation is made and then people are upset about it, you're kind of jump on the wagon and you're like, what what, what happened, what happened? And there's also a big aspect of being in like a communal situation like schools is the rumours yeah. and the conversations that occur Without that person or those people present, yeah, um, a lot can get lost in translation. That might not happen as much. Obviously, rumours will always happen. Rumours will always happen, but maybe less in an isolated incident where less people are involved.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I know there's the hard mentality of everyone jumping on and being like, "Oh, it's all just hearsay. What's this? What's this?" Da-da-da-da-da. Why are they making a massive
1: deal out of nothing?
0: Yeah, there's obviously that awful side which we can delve into a bit later but do you think that's an argument to be made for too many people being too sympathetic? Because I know some people say innocent until proven guilty. Mm. You can't just, it's an allegation for a reason, you know, allegedly. What are your opinions on that?
1: It is always innocent until guilty. However, Mm. if someone's come to you and they've said, or you've heard something, there is a degree of sensitivity that a normal empathetic person would take. And you wouldn't normally, um, as an feeling human being go to that person that's made an allegation where they may have potentially been violated and then go and say well i heard this and also you're innocent until you're proven guilty And because that's not very sympathetic and so if you learn anything maybe do that
0: yeah completely and i'm not being funny but if there's a situation and the only source of any information (laughs) is gossip (laughs) why do you think you're informed enough to make a decision on whether it happened or it didn't like i think just err, err on the side of sensitivity and
1: err on the side of caution and because, just just because the implications of if it did happen is so much worse yeah than if it didn't happen because and... if it didn't happen then okay fine gossip you're right but if it did happen those implications of you being like that is so much worse
0: and i'm not being funny and i know like maybe like one percent of the time allegations are false whatever but what does one gain from lying about yeah. being violated? Not if, When you admit that you've been violated, it's embarrassing. It's scary. You're You know you're going to lose friends. You know you're going to get a lot of shit for it. So what do you actually gain by lying to get yourself into that position? I just, I find that so weird because it's a lot of men that make that assumption. But mm. then when you are someone who's not a man, you completely understand that power structures are inherently against you without people even violating you. And you know how low that feels and you know what that means to you and i think you just have a more a deeper understanding of violation as a concept or something that can happen to you i don't think it's natural to want to exacerbate that i don't i completely reject the narrative that people make up allegations Mm -hmm. loads of the time for attention i don't think it's the shits and giggles that you think it is i don't think
1: anyone thinks that and if you are you're awful
0: yeah god of course if you because you
1: then set the precedent for every other person that actually has to go through this and actually have to go through the pain of going reporting something getting the gossip getting the victim blaming and then what for them to not be believed yeah and we're not just
0: saying that you're awful because you're ruining someone's life which obviously is a pretty shitty thing to do but you're also awful because then as elif said you're belittling every single girl or every single person who wants to go and take a stand and admit that that they have been violated because everyone is just that tiny bit less likely to believe them
1: i mean there is obviously no one is completely bad and no one is completely good do you Mm -hmm. think there's any benefit to trying to understand the mind of someone who is an a, is a predator? Is an abuser in in situation?
0: I think if that feels helpful to you, yes, but never at the expense of your own feelings. Yeah. I think you can acknowledge that someone has made you feel terrible and stupid and confused and upset. Um, but you can also see that well, they haven't had a great life. They've been really sad. They've they're lonely. They need they they're dumping all this shit on you because they have nobody else in their life and they're really upset. But They've still done a terrible thing. And I think people don't really, not everyone understands you can have that balance of being like, yeah, I can see why this happens. And sometimes if you look at it like that, it helps you to take the blame off of yourself because you're like, well, it wasn't mm. me who was so susceptible and like so able to be violated. It was this person who had XYZ happen to them and is manifesting it onto me, mm-hmm. which is a terrible thing to do. But then if you take that route, you can sort of reframe it and be like, well, it wasn't, it clearly wasn't my fault because this had already happened
1: and they were already feeling this way. Would you say it's then helpful to maybe understand whether or not, like if they, to basically say, oh, they haven't had malicious intent?
0: I think it really depends. And you, you can only make these sort of like analyses if you keep it really firmly in your head that they've still done a bad thing and you don't
1: have to forgive them. Well, I think that's what's so hard about it. It's like, okay, so what, it, what happens? You go through, you've done this, and then you realise they've made you feel uncomfortable, they've made you feel violated, but it wasn't their intention, and now you have to go and, like, deconstruct that, report that. Like, that's, that must be quite hard to then say, oh, but it wasn't even their intent, so they don't even know.
0: Yeah, it can really mess with your head. I think you have to really also incorporate that kind of thinking after a certain point. When you first identify there's been an issue, whenever that may be, two seconds after it's happened or two years after it's happened, you need to ultimately focus on how that made you feel, Mm -hmm. what actually happened, what are the steps you can take to make the situation better. I do think for, I think for me, maybe people whose brain works in a similar way to me, part of the whole like recovery or healing process can be like mulling things over a lot. Like not to the extent that you drive yourself in circles, but thinking about it, it's quite natural for a lot of people. Yeah, of course. And then kind of thinking, okay, well, I can see that it's, the reason this is such a nuanced and complex situation is because there wasn't that much malintent, mm-hmm. yet the behaviour has still rendered me completely
1: devastated i think the picture that's portrayed to us through just the conversations we're having at school the education through media when someone is violent when, when there's been a violation you think like angry entitled man pins woman down and assaults her that's the image we have and so anything less than or anything slightly different with less intention or different intentions but maybe same lasting effects is something we can't quite wrap our heads around just yet as a society
0: yeah definitely and we're using the word violation here not rape not assault not harassment not violence Mm -hmm. i think violation is it's very personal i think yeah it's that umbrella term of a personal you're uncomfortable or a boundary has been a boundary has been crossed yeah. yeah whether that be physical or emotional as we as we said earlier so what would you say about the portrayal of violation in the media then what's your perception on that
1: well i think what's interesting is the The way that relationships have been portrayed to us it's very there's not quite a distinct line between violence and violation and relation like healthy relationships the stuff we've grown up with is twilight and um i'm sorry but jade and beck in victorious who are Mm -hmm. argued so much that aaron and grande fainted what was her character's name cat Cat. (laughs) Cat fainted Uh, like i'm just saying that the kind of relationships that we were shown as children was were not healthy ones. they weren't there wasn't communication. there was toxicity. There is that level of violence within them that we yeah. have just normalized and accepted without question and that lays the foundation for your future yeah. relationships. um and I think to be able to I think I'm hoping that we're moving past that as a I'm not saying as a generation, but as as kids, whatever media they're consuming now, I'm hoping that's different. yeah, but there does seem to be that that trend of not trend but like oh yeah trend not as in a fashion trend but as in like a, a cultural trend or... yeah where the kind of relationships we were taught to have are not healthy ones they're toxic ones and we want a toxic man we want a, we want a dominant man Do you know what i mean like that kind of picture that's portrayed to us and that we've then internalized and thought yeah no i want that kind of person yeah we then apply that to everything we don't really know how to see what is healthy
0: yeah and i think it's another case of when you unpack it you don't actually want what you think you want mm. you don't actually want a toxic man you don't actually want to be sad you just don't believe that you're worthy
1: of a pure of anything better than that yeah you don't think you're worthy of anything better i was having a conversation with someone recently about whether someone could want like a toxic partner and toxic is in like yeah that power dynamic that that yeah basically that toxicity within a relationship and still be a feminist Mm. i'm just wondering what you're thinking
0: yeah because every when you're a feminist every way you interact with the world is hypocritical Mm -hmm. because ultimately when you there is a power dynamic like patriarchy that you have no control over you have very little control over the way that it interacts with you and you interact with it um how can that be kind of your responsibility you're you're not a hypocrite for acting on an impulse that is out of your control do you know yeah. what i mean yeah
1: i would agree with you to be honest i think it's a tricky one because obviously it's hypocrisy but like you and also you have to wonder why you want those things so for me it's not oh i want a big strong man it's no you want to feel small yeah because you want to feel small and petite because that is what you should feel because that's what we've been told we should feel we should make yeah. ourselves smaller and therefore have a big, strong, dominant man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've been told, like, don't be big, don't be loud, don't be in your face our whole lives. So we don't want anyone to be... We don't want to be with someone who makes us yeah. feel like that, which I would argue is the the actual problem rather yeah. than wanting that kind of person.
0: Well, yeah, for me, it's always been like, oh, I want, like, a, like, maybe sarcastic, like, witty, funny guy, but I just don't want someone who's going to, like, weaponize my own outspokenness against me i want someone who can match that i don't want someone who's yeah. gonna see the fact that i have opinions and i voice them as a detriment to me as a
1: person to your character yeah, yeah
0: someone who's going to appreciate it can i make like a benign cultural reference <laughs> Go on. you know when because elif asked just asked me um oh come on think of some things that have bad relationships and then when we came up with twilight and sam and cat i <laughs> Victoria so I'm a cat. Um, um, Victoria's no uh, and uh, yeah Georgia. yeah but um, the thing that popped into my mind was Love Island
1: oh yes absolutely because, 100% that's well, not benign
0: at all this is interesting because I never watched Love Island I was very against it because inherently I knew I couldn't handle seeing people in bikinis on my screen at one point in my life we're past that it's all good um, I started watching now there's Love other issues. <laughs> yeah what i started watching Love Island recently um I remain highly critical of it, but I find it, like, bafflingly
1: entertaining. I wasn't allowed to watch it for a long time. Yeah, neither. No, no, because my dad said it was soft porn. And so- <laughs> it kind of is, though. <laughs> like, they're all in bed just rustling around. What? Also, why are they all in the same room? It's so why? weird, right? Are they all in the same- I don't know. It's always baffled. I always join for the last four and, weeks. Yeah, like-
0: well, that's what I've done. I joined about episode 20, and now I'm watching it every night, which is actually kind of like... But my point is, the way they interact <laughs> in that is so so like Bye. baffling like it's just crazy and they're like oh yeah try before you buy they'll go and kiss five people and then they'll go try back to the first before one you buy and them. it's like so and, their, and their justification is oh yeah i'm just exploring connections that's what they say they always say here's to another night of exploring connections <laughs> and it's like no you're not exploring connections you're just like
1: but b- that is kissing like not- everything that
0: moves <laughs> <laughs>
1: But surely that's, is that not the point of Love Island? Yeah, no, it
0: kind of is. But um, I don't know. I just, but the thing is when like 12 year olds see this and they're like, oh my God, yes, no, it's just so synthesized. I mean, the whole point of reality TV or any media is that they pinpoint, they, they record 24 hours every single day. They just pick an hour's worth of content. Not even that, because
1: ITV ads are so Okay, right. Stop. I feel like that's us stay in this just, direction. But my point is, and also I would just like to add. Sorry, you can't. I just would like to add. The real re- official name of reality TV is assisted reality. Yeah, it's not reality. We know that. But that's just a, that's just a little tip caveat, Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. What's your point?
0: <laughs> just, my point is, is that any sort, even if you frame your media as sort of real people interacting in real ways, you're just filming it. That's never the case, is it?
1: And also, but we we like still absorb it. We do because your brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. And like it, if you say something ironically enough, it just you you internalize it. Yeah,
0: I feel like Love Island kind of all concepts similar kind of normalise the idea of I don't know, like not being communicative or faithful, going based on an assumption, things like that. You know, just thought it was interesting. It's a little bit shallow
1: as well, I would argue. Just a little bit. Just, just a just bit. little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I would just say, if you're ever in a a position where you look back and you think... Either you're in a position currently where you're thinking, oh, this is a violation of boundaries, this is not okay. Or you look back and you think, oh my god, that happened and that was not okay. And I'm only just realising it two years later. Both are equally valid. And I would obviously encourage you to go report it. But before you do, find some good friends that will stick by you.
0: Yeah, they have been... The most important thing throughout the whole process. And they will continue to be. And, you know, trauma bonds people. No! (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) But no, honestly, I cannot stress to you the importance of it, just for your own peace of mind. Don't see reporting as something you're doing to rebel against X person. See it as something you're doing for yourself. You
1: are doing it for yourself. And you're doing it for all the future people behind you that then won't have to deal with that.
0: Yeah, completely. (laughs) Okay, Um, so... We still love your episode suggestions. We're really sorry this one hasn't had any polls in it. Basically, this was so impromptu that we just didn't have time to put polls up and get responses. But um, they will return as per usual and we will keep the posting schedule to as regular as we can. We have a very exciting guest coming up in the future. Yes, we do. I cannot <laughs> stress to you how excited I am. I'm smiling from ear <laughs> to ear. We actually have an amazing
1: like... I did You know, not promise at the beginning of this season. I was like, season two? two three three <laughs> season three season three we are having a very 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 exciting guest we actually are we actually are we are just like we're having a very very exciting guest they're really charlotte cool. they're really cool is trying to spoil but no
0: is gonna edit my spoilers out yes i will
1: um it's been lovely to be here with you, listener plus Charlotte.
0: It's been wonderful to be part of this conversation, listener plus ellis To get involved in the conversation, go and follow on Instagram about email us and everything else no, no, no. is yes. in the description. It's all in the description.
1: And um, also go and listen to our Roe v. Wade episode if you hadn't, it's really good. Um please stay safe, please stay supported. Um
0: help lines will be in the description. Also, if you want help walking through the first stages of what's a horrible process Message us. I can are you some anecdotes. Always, okay. yeah. Always, always, always. Right. Till next time. We'll see you in a fortnight. <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys.
1: What a topic. Duh.